Raise your hand. We're, we're still in John 15, but if you need a lesson, you forgot to pick up a lesson. Anybody need a lesson? Do I have anybody helping me with that? Who needs a lesson? Everybody remember to get one. Wow. All right. It's a miracle. Except one. We see one. I see a hand over there. Oh, there we go. There we go. See two hands. Anybody else need a lesson? Anybody else need? We need one more over here. Somebody help me over there. Help me, help me, help me. Shane, you see that hand up? You got some extras? All right. There we go. All right. Turn in your Bible to John chapter number 15. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to try to finish this up uh, here uh, this evening. And uh, we're going to find out uh, what does this can of sardines have to do with tonight's lesson? <clears throat> How many of y'all ready to find that out? <clears throat> all right. All right. John 15 and verse number. <laughs> yeah, I heard an amen from the side over there. I got it. All right, I heard some old me's too. Heard some old me's. All right. John 15 and verse number 12. Let's start in verse number 12. We're going to go through verse 27. We're not going to read it all, but uh, just to save a little time, we'll read down and then we'll, we'll get started tonight. All right, is everybody ready? Okay, is everybody ready? All right, there we go. This is my commandment. Y'all are a little slow tonight. Come on now, get with us now. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you greater loveth no man than this that a man laid down his life for his friends ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you henceforth I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you ye have not chosen me but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command. command. See, we, we're having this repetition. In verse number 12, it says, this is my commandment. Verse number 17, these things, just in case you didn't pick it up the first time, he repeats himself, these things I command. command. I command you. That ye love one another. Let's, let's read verse 17 again. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be in your house with your people studying your word. Lord, give us the, the ability to understand. Give us the ability to comprehend and, and, and learn and grow and develop in our Christian walk tonight. Lord, this is a subject that I'm fairly positive we all are in desperate need of improvement in. And God, I pray that you'll help us. Give us what we need. Help us to apply it. Help us to practice it. Uh, give us where we're lacking in it. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us love one another. Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. I have in my hand a can of sardines. Oh. All right. Whoo. All right. I'm looking for a volunteer. No, I'm not looking for somebody smiling. I need somebody that's frowning. All right. If you like sardines, raise your hand. If you like sardines, raise your hand. Okay. If you, if you can't stand sardines, raise your hand. Can't stand them. How about it, Miss Diane? You like sardines? You do? That ain't going to work. Who don't like them? Brother Jimmy, come on up here. Come on up here. All right. Whoa now, whoa oh, now. I got it, I got it. Don't get excited. I am. All right. Saturday. All right. <clears throat> now what, give me just this, you know, my mic will pick you up. So when you look at that, what, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind? First thought in your mind. Yuck. 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 Who, who would have that same first thought? First thought, all right. So you're telling me you don't like these things. Nope. Okay, now, I want you to hold them in your hand. Oh, just hold them. Don't smell them because it's, ooh. All right, yeah, me too. I'm about nauseated now. Ooh. 
All right, here, now watch this, guys. Watch this. Watch this. He's already said he don't like them. His first word was yuck, right? It, 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 you know, we, we, so we know where we're at with this. Now watch this. Watch this. Because this is what I was thinking when I read the chapter today. I command you to like them. <clears throat> Let's just use the Bible. Let's use the Bible. I command you to love them. <laughs> I need a new volunteer. <laughs> no. Does that mean I have to eat them to love them? Uh, no. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. I'm just going to set them right. Hey, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. And if you want them after, you can help yourself. <clears throat> <laughs> Miss Diane, I'll pass on that. <laughs> How many of y'all realize that you can't manufacture love? This thing that, that so you're commanding us to do this? You're commanding me to love somebody. Well, I, you might as well command us to love them sardines. Y'all with me? What is he talking about? What, what, is he, what does he mean here? What, what is this? Would God command you to do something if it was not possible? No. No. So, so what does he mean? What, what does it mean to love one another? And, and to the point that he says, I command you. This is, this is not a suggestion, guys. I mean, there's nothing more authoritative than the word command or commandment. This is a commandment. This is not a suggestion. He's not saying, if you do this, your life can be a whole lot better. He is saying, I command you. How many of y'all know if it is a commandment from Christ and we disobey it, that's a sin? Amen. Boy, it's getting tight now, isn't it? So, so what is this all about? Let's go through this and see if we can figure it out. Let's, let's see if we can practice this and, 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 and do what Jesus says. And by the way, we can. If he says it, we can. Say amen. It says in verse number, verse number 12, this is my commandment that you... Now remember, remember for, for you that haven't been here for a while, we are on our way from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. These, these words that we are reading in, in, in chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16, and even 17 are basically the last words of Jesus to his disciples before he is crucified. So how many of y'all are with me? Say amen. amen. How many of y'all know when someone is on their deathbed, they only talk about what's really important? There's nothing trivial in any of this. And he is saying what is truly important, what they really need to hear, and what they really need to know, and what he wants them to practice. He says, I want you to love one another. Now, we've already heard. We've already heard in chapter 13 that he said, this will be the evidence that you are truly a disciple of mine if you love one another, right? So in your notes, write this down. Love, this thing love that we're talking about, it is evidence of true discipleship. It's evidence of true discipleship. Don't say that you are a follower of Christ and hate people. Don't, you can't do that. He says the evidence that's going to, that, that you're going to have in your life that you are a true Christ follower is that you love one another. So it's evidence of true discipleship. But also 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So it is evidence of true salvation. Write that down. Not only is it evidence of true discipleship, it's evidence of true salvation. If you have somebody that's running around hating people, hating on people, and, and has hate in their heart, they got a problem. I don't care how much church they go to. I don't care how much Bible they can quote. I, I don't care about any of that thing. Jesus said, an evidence of true salvation. My dad, he, he's, he's a trip. You never know what he's going to say. But one of the things he said, man, he was, a, he was a severe, severe racist before he got saved. And he, there was people he hated because he was raised that way. He was trained to hate people. And, and when he got saved, all of a sudden, his attitude changed. And, and things changed in his life. And he began to love people that before he hated. Listen, that's evidence of true salvation. He says, you've got to love one another. I command you to love one another. So 
Let's look at this. Number one, I want you to see an expectation. Write that down. Roman number one, an expectation. This is amazing. <clears throat> Jesus says what to do. That's number one. Number two, he tells us how to do it. And we'll get to there in just, in just a little bit. And then number three, he tells us why we need to do it. He tells us what to do, how to do it, and then why to do it. And so that's what we're going to cover tonight, okay? An expectation. What is his expectation? It is this. I command you, this is my commandment, that ye, what? Love, Love one another. Love one another. So we find this A, write this down. It is non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable. What does that mean? It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's non-negotiable. We cannot get out of it. We cannot get around it. This is not something we can pick and choose. He says, love one another. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. 1 John 3, 23, and this is his commandment, that, ye sh that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and... And love one another as he gave us commandment. Watch what it says in Mark 12. Mark 12, 28. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? In other words, what's number one? That's what that, that question is saying. What's, number, what's, the, what's the number one commandment? What's the, the, the greatest commandment? He says this. Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than thee. So how many of y'all can we say before we move on any further that, that the greatest commandment we have besides loving God is loving others? All right? Now, now how many of y'all believe y'all love others? <clears throat> oh, there's some shaky hands going up. Well, are we that? Are we that? Not sure about this? When it is a, when it is a, a true evidence of salvation, and it is a true evidence of salvation, I, just a quarter of the hands went up tonight. This should bother us. Now, I think, I think in some ways, I think, okay, let's do it this way. Grandparents. How many of y'all are grandparents? Raise your hand. Dog, gone. There's three-quarter grandparents in here. All right. Them, them, them grand monkeys. <clears throat> what do you think about them? What do you think? You remember what the sign said? They're God's gift for not killing your own children. <clears throat> right? That's what grandparents. So could you say, could you say you love them grandchildren? Without question. Without hesitation. I agree. I could believe that. Now, you have children, and we, we, we sort of love them too, right? Sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time. And so that's not hard. That's not hard. I can't wait to have a grandchild. Cannot wait. It's going to be spoiled, slammed, tea, totally rotten, period. I'm going to be traveling to North Carolina so much, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And, and, and it's, that won't be hard. I already love it and it ain't even here yet. So that's not difficult. But what kind of love is Jesus asking of us? Not just asking of us, commanding us. We see it's non-negotiable, this command, this expectation that we have. It, not only is it non-negotiable, non, uh, uh, but B, it's all-encompassing. We're going to have to put some other verses with this. But he says, here's the command to love. Who are we to love? One another. But there's a little more to it than that. Who, who does one another include? Well, if we're going to find out who one another includes, we've got to look at some other verses, right? All right? What is, what is first? Look in your notes. 1 Thessalonians 3.12. 1 Thessalonians 3.12. 
And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward... Oh. And toward... Even as we do toward you. Oh, man. That means that guy that cut you off this morning. That means that jerk at work that keeps trying to get you in trouble. Anybody want to offer suggestions? <clears throat> if they're sitting where you don't say it, hey man, no. All men. All men. See, how many of y'all, how many of y'all, let's, let's, just, let's just be with we got, we got the man, Andrew Winfrey, sitting on the front row, right? Now, is it hard to love that cat? There's, a, there's, there's, there's probably not a person in this room that wouldn't give your shirt off your back to help him or do whatever, meet, just whatever. That cat's easy to love. Just an awesome guy. But see, that's not, that's not specifically what Jesus is saying. Not just the one that's easy to love. He said love everybody. All men. And he even, he even goes into more detail. Look in this next verse. Look in this next verse. Matthew 5, 43. <clears throat> and, then he said, and then he explains it. Then he explains it. Matthew 5, 43. Are you there? Say amen. <clears throat> Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. All right. All right. Andrew's my neighbor. But it says, Hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Jesus is speaking, I say unto you, Love your Good night. Not only, not only do I have to love my grandchildren and my children and then my friends that I love, and it's easy to love, I, I got to love everybody. And not only do I have to love everybody, I even have to love my enemy. My enemy who's attacking me. An enemy, an enemy does not bring over a casserole. Y'all with me? An enemy is someone who attacks you. An enemy is someone who is trying to bring you harm. An enemy is someone you don't like. An enemy is someone you despise. An enemy is someone you want to get even with. An enemy is someone you want to hold a grudge against. And Jesus is saying here, I, I'm, I'm not just telling you to love Andrew. I'm not just telling you to love Miss Diane. I, I'm not just telling you to love them little grandbabies that are so easy to love. He says, I want you to love your enemies. Now, now he, he goes into detail. Watch what he says. Then this is convicting. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he make, watch, how, watch how God treats people. He maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? Guys, sinners love each other. Hoodlums love hoodlums. That's what he's saying here. Now watch, watch. For if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect. That means complete, mature. Even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Love everybody. Even your enemies. This is going to make a lot of sense when we get to point number three. A lot of sense. But he's saying, listen, I want you to love the people that don't love you. I don't want you to just have love one for another and ignore everybody else and ignore, ignore the people that, you know, I mean, it is, it, is our, it, is our natural, it is our natural human instinct to fight back or to dislike those who dislike us. Right? But Jesus says it's all-encompassing. Everybody. Everybody. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, 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 I'm prejudiced. I'm prejudiced. And, I, and before you go to this black and white thing, I... I, I Prejudge is what that word means. Prejudge. I'm prejudiced against everybody. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll see people and I'll automatically assume whether or not I'm going to like them or not. 
whether or not they're going to be like me or not, whether or not they're going to be, you know, and I know y'all are all so holy and y'all don't ever do that. I, I, I mean, there, there, was a, there, was a, there was a friend of mine in, in, in high school that I just, I seen him, Gary Conkle. He was a, he, he, I, I'd walk past him, but he just had a swagger about him and a look. I mean, the first time I seen him, never met him, never talked to him, never even heard him speak. He just walked by me. And I thought, hmm, I don't like him. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about for almost the rest of that year, every time I see him. And then my cousin, Mark Lee, he was real good buddies with him. I didn't know it. And we, we met uptown. Y'all know, I, I don't know what they do here in, in Coleman, but up there, there was a Sears parking lot. And you just rode around it till it was time to go home. <clears throat> And you'd, you'd park on this side of the parking lot, and then they'd get like 20 or 30 cars till the cops come up. Oh, y'all got to break it up, break it up. So we'd just start driving and then park on that side of the parking lot, and then they'd let us park till there's about 20, and then they'd come run us off. And it just all night long, all just, you know. And I run into him and, and introduce him. And the dude was, he's a great guy. Just an unbelievable friend. We're still friends to this day. But here in my mind, I just pre and you know what, I, 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 this is something I'm working on in my life that, you know what, God never looks at somebody and automatically judges. He sees their potential automatically. I mean, without any kind of prejudice, without any kind of prejudging, he just sees what's in them. He loves everybody, no matter what they look like, no matter if they have tattoos, no matter if they have scars, no matter if they have piercings, no matter if they look different than us, it doesn't matter to Jesus. He just loves them all. And that's what Jesus is saying. Love everybody. Even your enemies. Even your enemies. That's pretty stout, isn't it? Now imagine that. Let's go back to that, that first verse again. That's making these sardines look good, isn't it? He's not suggesting that we love our enemies. He's commanding us to love our enemies. I know what you're thinking. Because when I first started thinking that and I first started looking at that, I said, there ain't no way. I, how, that's impossible. Because you can't manufacture this. I don't care how many times somebody commands me to like that junk, I ain't liking sardines. Say amen. You, you can't work that up. How many of y'all, to be honest, it's just us tonight. It's, it's, you know, it's our family hometown crowd. You know, they ain't, there's no, there's no imposters in here and personally, this all, this is, it's us. How many of y'all be honest for about five minutes and just say, there's been times you tried to manufacture this stuff. You tried to love somebody and just, <laughs> and you did good till they. Don't fill in the blank. Just say, leave it there. You know, Right. Moving right along. <laughs> all right, his expectation is non-negotiable. It's all-encompassing, one another, all men, even our enemies. But it's also measurable. Write that word down, C. It's measurable. It's measurable. What do you mean? The next thing he says, I mean, he, it's bad enough. It's bad enough that he's asking us to do something that really doesn't come natural to us. It doesn't because we are sinful creatures and we're, it's easier for us to hate than it is to love. So we're, we're having to do something that's really against our nature. Then he tells us to do it to everybody, even the people we don't like, even our enemies. I mean, that's bad enough. Now he says this. Now he says, if, if we, if we want to know whether we're being obedient or whether uh, we're doing what he wants us to do. How do we measure that? He says, as I have loved you. He says, not only do I want you to love, not only do I want you to love even your enemies, but I want you to love them like I loved you. So now we have a marker. Now we have a ruler. Now we have a measuring stick. 
Y'all with me? So here is the expectation. Now, is it ever, it's clear with everybody what the expectation is. Would you raise your hand? Are we all clear what the expectation is? Okay? Everybody knows what this is. Now, what he does, after he says, he says, love one another as I Okay, the next few verses, he's going to tell you how he did it. He's going to tell you how he did it. He's not only going to tell you what to do. Remember, that's number one, point number one. He's going to tell you what to do. Now he's going to tell you how to do it. This is how he wants you to love one another. This is how he wants you to love all men. This is how he wants you to love your enemies. He says, as I have. Then look at number two. We see an example. Aren't you glad God gave us an example to follow? He didn't just tell you what to do. He told you how. How many of y'all know that, that YouTube is one of the greatest inventions in the world? <clears throat> That's right. My, my, wife wanted me, my wife wanted me to uh, put in a certain pattern in our house as you come in the front door, a herringbone pattern or whatever that's called. And uh, uh, this is what I want. Can you do this? No problem. Never done it before in my life. I didn't tell her that. So as soon as she left to go to town, I went straight to YouTube. <laughs> and so, okay, that's how you, you measure this out and you crisscross. I'm talking about just line by line by line, step by step by step. You can even rewind it. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, guess what? You can rewind the Bible. You can go back to see how he did it. When you get confused and you get messed up and you, and, and you will get confused and messed up when you're trying to be like Jesus because we're going to fall and, 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 and fail. But when you do, guess what? We can go see. We can go back to the video. We can go back to the scriptures and say, okay, that's how he did that. That's all. Oh, that, that's where I messed it up. How did he do it? Look what it says. Look what it says. Right after he said... Right after he said, verse 12, as I have loved you, watch what he says. Verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We see an example. What? A, look at the sacrifice he made. What kind of love? We see it in his sacrifice. He laid down his life. Now, before you say, well, that was Jesus and he was the Lamb of God and all that kind of stuff, let's look at verse, let's look at 1 John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? Everybody knows that one, right? I mean, that's probably the most well-known, memorized verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody wants to quote that one. Everybody wants to quote that one. Everybody wants to know that God loves them, and they, and they should. That's a great one to quote. But nobody wants to quote 1 John 3.16. What does 1 John 3.16 say? Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. Now let's all read. And we... He laid down his life for us, and we ought. Ought means obligation. We are obligated to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now, I know what you're thinking. <clears throat> I know what you're thinking. Well, I'll take a bullet for somebody. Well, that's not necessarily what Jesus is talking about. It's not necessarily what Jesus is talking about. I think, I think you can apply. I, 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 think you need to, I, I think you need to love somebody like that, that you'd be willing to do that. But if we go, if we go to Romans, <clears throat> if we go to Romans chapter number 12, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living, say that with me, present your bodies a living, living sacrifice. In other words, God don't want you to die for somebody. God wants you to live for somebody. Yeah. When he says, lay your life down for the brethren, lay your life down, he's not saying be nailed to a cross. He's saying nail your dreams and your desires and your ambitions and your agendas and your schedules and everything that's keeping you from loving someone else. Put someone else before you put yourself. Lay down your life. Set aside. Does this make sense now? That's what that means. 
God doesn't want you to go, you know, get shot for somebody. God's saying, lay down what you want. Lay down your will. Lay down your dreams and desires and all of these things. In other words, uh, 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 set aside your life. Take up the cross and follow him. I know what you're thinking. But preacher, what about my dreams? I guarantee you this. If you will lay them aside and follow Christ, all of your dreams will come true. All of my dreams have been fulfilled through me following the will of Christ. But you can't follow till you first submit and surrender. That surrender jive is something. It's tough. But I promise you, I promise you, it's worth it. And he's commanding us to. He's saying, I want you to, if we're going to love somebody like Christ, we're going to have to be willing to lay something aside. We're going to have to be willing to give something up. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. In, in 2018, the American church, we're spoiled rotten. Now let's think about this, and I'm, I'm including myself in this. I mean, front to back, all the way to the top, all the way side to side. What have we really given up for the cause of Christ? I mean, really, what, what, have, we, what have we really sacrificed that would be a real short enough sacrifice for the cause of Christ? And I'm not, I'm not trying to throw a guilt trip on nobody. That's, that's not the intention here. I'm just saying that many times we get in the mully grubs and many times we get whiny and complaining because we think, well, we don't have this or we don't have that. And if we really look at it, we're really, really blessed. Not only, most of the time all we see is what Jesus gave up on the cross. He gave his life on the cross. But what about giving up being in the glory of God and being in the presence of his Father and and, and, in the form of God? Like Philippians says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Do you get that? What that means, thought it not robbery to be eagle to God. This is what that means. In the way we talk, this is what that means. He didn't think that being in the glory of God in his present form was something that he should selfishly hold on to. But he let go of that. And he who was the prince of heaven, the son of God, God the son, the creator of the universe... He gave all of that up and set all of that aside to take upon him someone who had no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You talking about giving something up. Not just his life, not just his physical life on the cross, but the glory to walk as a human. The creator becoming the creature so that we could be free. Wow, that's love. It's in, in, he, he gave us an example in what he gave up as sacrifice. But look at this. This is, I never saw this before. This is great. He showed us love, an example of love, in how he treated his inferiors. Look what it says. Look what it says. The Bible says this, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. That word is the Greek word doulos, which means slave. You get that? We are slaves. Slaves have no rights. Slaves have no privileges. Most of the verses and most of the time you find the word servant in the New Testament, it's in reference to a slave. I mean a real, sure enough slave. Someone who is not paid, someone who is an indentured servant, someone who serves someone else with nothing in return. We are slaves of Christ. Y'all with me? Now, how many of y'all would agree? That's, he even said it when he washed their feet. He said, if I being your Lord and Master, right, what, what has slaves? A master. He's the master. We are the slaves. But watch how Jesus says this. He says, I don't call you slaves. I call you. 
You want me to tell you how you can find or tell if someone has love in their heart? By how they treat people who are under them. How they treat their inferiors. And I don't mean that as a derogatory term. There are people who have people under them who are under their authority. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can find love in their heart by how they treat their inferiors. Jesus treated his inferiors. He was the master. Man, he's not just the master. He's not just the owner of slaves. He is the master of the universe. He is the creator of all. He spoke this world into existence, yet he called human slaves friends. Not only, not only how he addressed them, but how he treated them. He told them everything. He told them everything. He said, slaves don't know what's going on in the master's house. Slaves don't have an inside connection. Slaves don't have inside information. He said, but I've told you everything. Not only that, not only that. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I heard a story. I heard a story of this, this young man, little kid. He was adopted. He was adopted. He didn't know it. Somehow or another, somehow or another, it got out and, you know, kids at school. And, uh, and uh, you know, kids can be cruel. So can adults. That's where they learn it from. <clears throat> but, you know, they just, just tormented this little fella. He was adopted. He was adopted. Blah, 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 blah. Man, he was broke down. Broke down. Come home crying, tears in his eyes. And poor mama, she just said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she, he began to share what happened and share his heart and how broken he was. And, and she just smiled. And she said, sit down here a minute. I got to tell you something. <clears throat> so she began to talk to him and said, listen, listen. All of those other little boys and all of those other little girls, when their mothers went to the nursery, let me, let me back up, let me back up. When I went to the home that you were at, there was all kinds of little boys, there was all kinds of little girls of all ages. And in all of them, we picked you. You. We chose you out of all of them. You were so special, we chose you. But those other moms and those other dads, they had to take home what they got. <laughs> Church, say amen. amen. He said, I picked you. You didn't pick me. You wasn't looking for me. I chose you. Now here's a key. Here's a key to this whole thing. You know, you, you, I know you're still trying to figure out this sardine thing, but this, this is where it's going to start making sense. I chose you. You didn't choose me. My behavior, my behavior, say it with me. My, that's giving up, right? Sacrifice, greater love is no man than this, and a man lay down his life for a friend. He laid down his life. That was Christ's behavior. He treated them as an as a equal, he didn't call them slaves, he called them friends, he informed them, he chose them. His behavior was a choice. It was a choice. He chose. Now this is where it's going to start making sense. He chose. Watch this. I want you to see this. Not only A, the sacrifice that he made, then B, the treatment of his inferiors. I, I want you to I want you to look in Luke 14. It's right there in your notes. Luke 14, verse 12. <clears throat> then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. What's he saying? How do you treat your inferiors? How do you treat those who can't do something for you? Y'all with me? Watch this. Watch this. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. And, and, and go kind of quick because 
We're kind of running out of time. <clears throat> Y'all not listening fast enough. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13. This is the love chapter, right? I mean, this is, I read a commentator that, that said that this was, they felt like this was Paul's greatest literary, literary work, chapter 13. Let's start in verse number, let's start in verse number uh, four. Verses one through three basically say you can have all the gifts in the world and not have love and it don't mean anything. Don't mean anything, right? And it uses the word charity and charity means love. Loves. Everybody on the same page right there? Everybody, we're talking about love, right? Watch this. <clears throat> this, is where, this is where it's going to make sense, guys. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. It doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, and thinketh no evil. It rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, this is what love does, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Guess what? Love, or charity, never faileth. Now what does that mean, fail? It doesn't mean not succeed. It means it never ends. It never ends. Prophecies, they're going to end. The, the gifts that they were referring to there, they're going to end. But love never does. Love never, there's no end to that. There's no ceasing of that. There's no end to love. Now watch. Here's, here's what I want you to get out of this. Out of all of those things, out of all of those things, I did not see, and you correct me, you look and see if, 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 I, if I missed it, but I didn't see anywhere in there that talked about feelings. Not one single place did you hear or see or read anything that had to do with feelings, right? Not anywhere. Everything was something to do. You see, love is a choice. Love is an action. Love is not necessarily a feeling. You can love and not feel it. Look, I, 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 I kind of sum these up because you can put them all in these categories in, in chapter number 13. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. When God is telling you to love someone, he, not just telling you, commanding you. When God is commanding you to love someone, he is not saying to feel a certain way. He is saying to, number one, be Number two, be, and be, and be, and be, and be. We have, now watch this, watch this. We have the ability to do all of these things without feeling it. You can see it's all about behavior. Nowhere in the example, remember in the example, he says, I want you to love people like I love you, right? And then he gave the example. He said, greater love is no man than this, a man give, give up his life for his friend, how he treated his inferiors, how he made the choice. Do you realize he never said one thing about how he felt about it? He never said one word about how he felt about the ones that were nailing him to a cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for he knew not what they do. You see, it's about behavior, not about feelings. You can be kind even if you don't feel like it. You can be humble even if you don't feel it. You can be charitable and be generous and be patient even if you don't feel it. You see, we have a misconception about what love is. We have this idea that love is this fuzzy feeling, this warm fuzzy that's on the inside. How do you expect me to have warm fuzzies with that man that treated me so bad and cheated on me and left me and did this and did that and this woman that done this and stole all of this and all God's not expecting you to do that. He's not saying have the warm fuzzies. He's saying be kind. He's saying be humble. He's saying be patient. He's saying be generous. He's, are y'all with me? That's an action. That is an action of love that you either choose to do or choose not to do. Here's what we want. Okay, as soon as I feel it, then I will act. 
But God says it's the opposite. God says you act whether you feel it or not. I command you. And you know what I found? You know what I found? That when I obeyed and did the action, God gave me the feeling. That's how you can love someone who hates you. Because the love that you are offering that person that despises you, your enemy, is not your own because you don't have any. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. My job is to obey. My job is to do the action. It is his job to give me the warm fuzzies. But too many of y'all are waiting till you feel it. When he's commanded you, he's commanded you to love all men, even your enemies. This is huge. Jesus says this over and over and over again throughout the New Testament, throughout the epistles. We used to sing a song when I was a little kid, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Say amen right there. I mean, over and over and over and over. Love your brethren. Love one another. Love all men. Love your enemies. Why is this such a big deal to Jesus? Why does he say this is, this is how they're going to know you're my disciples? Watch this. Watch this. I never think. Look here. I just seen something. Love is how they are going to know we're disciples. Love is how we're going to know we're disciples. Love is an evidence of discipleship from the outside for them to see, but love is an evidence for us to know. I don't know if I'm saved. How do you love people? He's given, us a, he's given us an evidence. He's given us something to help us see. If you're hating on somebody, you might want to check up. Because love is of God, and he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If he's on the inside of you, and he's, he's love... You're going to love. That's right, preacher. Preach on. Preach on. Woo! Amen. That's good preaching right there. Got a spot back there. Amen. Might keep looking this way. Amen. Why, why, would, why would this be such a big deal? Now, after he says how we're supposed to do it, we're supposed to act. Let me, let me, let me, let me read this before we go, because we got time. We got time. I'm early. R.C. Sproul said this. In the New Testament, love is more of a verb than a noun. It has more to do with... Come on, everybody. Get with me. I know you don't like none of this, but it's, we need it. Come on. A quarter of you raise your hand in the first part of service, so I know we need this message. Love is more of a verb than a noun. It has more to do with acting than with feeling. The call to love is not so much a call to a certain state of feelings as it is to a quality of action. Do you all see that? Now look at this. Go back to, go back to, John, go back to John 15 real quick, real quick. Why is this such a big deal to Jesus? That he keeps saying this over and over and over again. He even gets down and washes their feet. That's love, isn't it? Look what it says. <clears throat> 17. These things I command you. I command you that you love one another. Watch this. Now watch what he goes into. Verse 18. This is really 18 through 27, but we're going to save some time. 
If the world, what's that word? Hate you. If the world hate you. What's the opposite of love? Hate. Hate. Watch this. You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. Servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have, if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So what's he saying? And you can continue to read that at home. But he just goes into saying they have, that they have sinned because he showed them the truth. But there's two things <clears throat> that I've seen here. We see, we, what was number one? We see an expectation, right? Number one, we see an expectation. Love one another. Love all men. Love your enemies. <clears throat> and number two, there is an, there's an example, right? He said, let me tell you how I did it. He said, not only are you to love one another, love your enemies and love all men, he said, I want you to do it like I did it, right? And he gave us an example. He, he, he sacrificed. <clears throat> he laid down his life for his friends. He gave up something for the benefit of someone else. He treated his inferiors great. Are y'all with me? He served. He washed their feet. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on. The list is, is just endless. What Jesus did, how he showed us how to love people. But then number three, write this down. Number three, I want you to see this, an explanation, an explanation, an explanation. Why, why to do this? Two things, write these words down and we'll talk about it. Because of the atmosphere we will experience. Because of the atmosphere we will experience and the actions we will endure. Man, as many times as I've read this chapter, I never put all that together. I never put all that together. How many of y'all know Jesus knows the end from the beginning? He is Alpha and the beginning and the end. When Jesus started his church, when Jesus started his church and he got him going, how many of y'all understand and know he knew what they were facing? He knew what kind of environment they would go into. He knew what kind of world they would have to live in. He knew what kind of atmosphere they were going to have to serve in and minister in and live in. He said, be harmless as a dove, wise as a serpent. He said, because you're going to go into a world that hates you. You're going to go into a world that hates you. You're going to go into an atmosphere of hate. And listen, if you've been saved five minutes, you see that out there. Especially, especially if you stand for what's right. You're called a bigot. You're called a racist. You're called all kind of things. Uh, it, it is unbelievable if you just stand for what's right. You are hated. And what is the opposite of hate? How do you dispel darkness with light? Hate begets hate. Hate will produce more hate. But if you want to fight hate, you got to use love. I tell you, let's fight the darkness in here. Let's turn out the lights. Some of y'all still ain't got that. That's not how you fight that. You don't take away the light. You add light. You add light. If you want to you fight the darkness, you add light. You increase the light. If we're in an atmosphere of hate, if we're going to minister in an atmosphere of hate, if we're going to live in an atmosphere of hate, if we're going to serve in an atmosphere of hate, if we're going to have to go out and reach people who are living in an atmosphere of hate and have attitudes of hate, the only way we're going to get them is not to criticize them, not to, to, to be mean to them, and not to beat them over the head with the Bible. It's going to be by loving them. Listen, you're not, you're not a greater Christian because you've got a, a whole list of what you're against. Tell me what you're for. 
Look what D.L. Moody said. D.L. Moody said this. The world does not understand theology or dogma, but it understands love and sympathy. Is that not the truth? Listen. The atmosphere we experience, the actions. He said not only are they going to hate you, not only are they going to hate you, they're going to persecute you. And by the way, all of them, all of them were killed. All of them were killed. Some were boiled. Some were sawn in half. Some were crucified on a cross. They say Peter, according to tradition, was, was crucified upside down. Paul was beheaded. I mean, he said they're going to they're persecute you. Now watch this. The Bible says, <clears throat> when it comes to love, yes, let's go backwards. Yes, we're, just, we're to love our enemies, no doubt. Yes, we're to love all men. But the Bible says, especially the household of faith. Especially one another. Why do we need to fervently love each other? Because they're not going to. You're going to experience hate and persecution all through the week. And this is supposed to be an oasis. This is supposed to be a charging station. My dad, he'd say it. I tell you what, you can't miss Wednesday because you got to come in Wednesday and get gassed up to make it to Sunday. You know, there's a lot of truth to that. Your spiritual battery will get drained by living in a hate-filled atmosphere. The Bible says the love of many should wax cold because iniquity abounds. The sin that's out there, the darkness that's out there, the blackness that's out there, the hate that's out there. And boy, there's something when you come into, you know when you come into a, a circle where you feel love. I, I, man, one of the coolest things. I, I, it, it, it doesn't tickle me. It doesn't tickle me when they say, ooh, look at this building. Look at all that fancy equipment and fancy technology and ooh. But let me tell you something. When somebody stands in the care area in front of one of them tables and they got tears dripping down their face because they finally stepped into a place that they felt loved, I don't care who they are. I don't care what they look like. I don't care. I, 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 I've seen it all. I've seen it all. And when I say all, I mean all. Everything you can imagine. And we just love on them. You know why? I want them to know I'm a disciple. And the only way I can reach somebody that comes out of this world of hate is love on them. Now, guys, how are you going to love your enemy if you won't love the one sitting beside you? And I mean way past your spouse, too. God, these are the ones that are supposed to be easy to love. And some of us are having a hard time with that. Well, guess what? If you will, how many saw my post on Facebook? It said, stop bothering with trying to feel whether or not you feel like you love. Just go ahead and act like you do. When it's talking about loving your neighbor. You know how God, I'm going to just warn you. I'm going to just warn you. You know how Jesus gets us to love like he does? He puts us with the unlovely. 
So if you're having issues with someone, it might be God thinks you need to practice. It's amazing how we blame so much stuff on the devil. I tell you what, I tell you what, no. When someone is that, just stop a minute and say, Lord, I'm going to do it till you let me feel it. I'm going to be kind. And I'm going to be humble. And I'm going to be patient. And I'm going to be generous. And I'm going to be sacrificial until, Lord, I can feel it. You don't have to feel it to do it. You just have to choose it till the feelings come. And all God's people say it. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for this lesson. And Lord, help us go do it.